Hi there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I'm a very tired and oftentimes overwhelmed autism warrior mom who has navigated the ups and downs of this puzzling disorder for 16 years and counting. My hope when creating this podcast was that it would serve as a vessel for connecting families with special needs children so we may share experiences and resources. But even more importantly, I want to create a community of support for one another through the tough times, which we know there can be many, and to celebrate the achievement of milestones, big and small, of our amazing kids. So thanks again for joining me on this journey and for tuning in for this episode of Living the Sky Life. Today's guest is my new friend, Jen Cray. We had the opportunity to connect and meet one another a little while back Uh, Both of our boys attend the same ABA center, so I asked her if she would be a guest, and she very quickly agreed to be on the podcast and share her family's journey. A little background on Jen. Um, She has been a nurse for 20 years, mainly in the women's health and obstetrics field. She is a wife to her partner and best friend, Chris. They've been married since 2008. She also has a daughter named Natalie, who she describes as super creative and sweet, and Natalie is 10 years old. And then her son, Quinn, uh, is very active and loving and is just simply adorable. He is eight years old, and he also is on the spectrum. Um, They love spending time hiking with their dog, watching movies, and going to the beach and amusement parks. So please enjoy my conversation today with Jen. On today's episode of the podcast, I have the opportunity to sit down with a new friend of mine, uh, Jen Cray. Her son attends um, an ABA center where my son attends. So we've been able to connect um, in that way and get to know each other. So welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad you agreed to be on. <laughs> I just love, I just love your little son, Quinn. He is so cute Aww, and he is the so sweetest, sweetest boy I have probably ever met. <laughs> so <laughs> he doesn't seem that. to know a, a stranger. So he really doesn't that's, know. <laughs> that's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. Right. For sure. So, um, as with most of my episodes, I, I always like to start with the story of Quinn's diagnosis with autism and you know, and also your perspective and your husband's perspective on getting that diagnosis. I mean, sure. we focus a lot on, you know, exactly the diagnosis and, and our child. Um, but there's a lot of emotions that go through a family oh, yeah. and go through the parents too. Um, so I want to make sure we address that as well. Sure. Um, well, I think with, uh, you know, most families, when, when you start uh, planning for a baby, you know, I guess, uh, let me back up a little bit. My perspective is probably a little bit different. I grew up with um, a sibling that has special needs. Um, So right from the start, as soon as Chris and I decided we were going to have a family, we started reading and um, talking about what we wanted to do to try to help. Um, This sounds so bad, but to try to help prevent uh, having a special needs needs child. Um, You know, the way I grew up, I I have kind of a different perspective and just seeing the challenges my mom and dad have uh, continue to have. um, I, there were, there were certain parts about their life that I didn't necessarily want. And Mm -hmm. that sounds very uh, hurtful. Um, 
and I'm a little ashamed of that, but that that's where that's where you know I've been part of my life. Um, so we we read a lot of stuff, um, talked to different doctors, wanted to know, you know, what could we do, or you know, is there anything that we can do? I have um, a pretty strong family history of autoimmune disorders like arthritis and asthma, allergies, stuff like that. Um, so I was on almost completely or organic diet. Um, I, you know, took my, my vitamins religiously. I really watched what I ate. I avoided all the, um, toxins that I could, all the, the artificial ingredients and preservatives and colors and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, sought out a pediatrician that supported me doing like an alternative schedule to vaccines. Um, I was very interested in the Sears method. I, I'm a nurse. I didn't want to, I was not comfortable um, not vaccinating, um, but I, I really didn't love the schedule, the current schedule that we have now. Uh -huh. um, so I found someone who was, who was willing to let me do an alternate schedule, a little bit delayed schedule. And that was what I was comfortable with. That was my comfort zone. Um, and even today, I, I don't regret that at all. That was, that was where I was then. That's, still kind of where I am now. Um, so we, you know, had our first daughter, um, things went well, had our, um, our son and he actually developed a lot quicker in certain areas. He, his speech developed a lot sooner than our daughters did. He was very mobile, very quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of the story with a lot of number twos. They're just, you know, they watch the sibling, they take off. Um, so all of that was very typical. Um, and from my perspective, comparing him to our daughter, I thought that he was like, you know, off the charts, just like, you know, genius level, on everything. Cause I was like, wow, he's doing everything so fast. And, and you had um, a comparison. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my comparison. I'm like, man, he's, he could speak in full sentences. And, um, we had no, no doubt identifying his wants and needs, you know, <laughs> early <laughs> on. Um, so he was probably three years old and I started to notice, well, my husband and I both started to notice he was doing some toe walking, um, and it wasn't all the time, it was occasional, um, but he was also covering his ears with loud noises, um, particularly if we went into a busy store or if he was around a crowd. Um, even, you know, like my, my family, like if we had a big family gathering, something like that, his behavior was different, um, just like out of control. Um, he just seemed from that, you know, kind of looking back, he seemed like kind of a, a bratty child mm -hmm. um, who wasn't getting his way um, and who would act out. Um, but that wasn't completely it. He, he was definitely not one that I could discipline the same way. You know, I could put my daughter in a timeout, you know, for, you know, at that age, three years old, three minutes. Um, and <laughs> it was such a joke. Like he didn't <laughs> listen to any of that. Yeah. He wasn't having that. <laughs> um, it's still hilarious when I think back. It's like they're such different children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I might put him in timeout for three minutes and find him standing on top of the counter, you know, getting something out of the, the tallest cabinet in the kitchen or, you know, holding a butcher knife or something, you know, you just never uh -huh. know. Um, so that was, he was three. Um, we started to see these like little subtle signs. Um, I, 
I said, I, you know, I'm a nurse. I, at the time I was working in a nursery and I would actually see my pediatrician from time to time. And I'd always hit him up and I know he just would see me coming and like smile at me. <laughs> and I'd be like, look, you know, Quinn is doing X, Y, or Z. And a lot of those things, you know, they are subtle um, and they can be normal. They can be typical those first few years. So, so a lot of times he would try to reassure me just by saying, you know, that can still be normal. You know, we're still, we're still okay. I'm like, all right. Um, so I told you we were on an alternate dosing schedule. We um, tried to catch up a few vaccines right before he started preschool. He was going to start, his birthday is in January and we were going to start in August that year. Um, and he so we needed his MMR. I had pushed it off, pushed it off, because that one always made me super nervous. And um, so we got it that summer, like in May or so. Um, and then he started school in August. And he was so scared and nervous um, starting school. And it blew my mind. Like he, was, he doesn't, didn't appear nervous when we dropped him off. He knew the teacher. Our daughter had had her two years prior. Um, he was going to a very tiny school. Everybody there knew us, um, you know, and we'd only been there a couple of years with our daughter, but it was just a very small, um, nice environment. And um, when I picked him up that first day, he, you know, he was there for like three hours and the teacher told me, you know, Jen, he cried the whole time. And I just looked at her. I was in shock. I was like, really? And she was like, he just stopped. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I, I was just heartbroken and so surprised because I thought if anything, I thought maybe he would misbehave or run out of the classroom or something like that, you know, not, not follow along and do what, you know, the well-behaved kids were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause, cause at that point he was just the, the one that misbehaved. <laughs> um, but it, that carried on that crying, um, and just being super upset in that, in that space that carried on for um, a few weeks and uh, until really like October. So probably like six, eight weeks um, until he finally got comfortable going to school and kind of got comfortable with his routine. Do you know what it was? I mean, was it the routine? Was it uh, being separated from you or overstimulation? I think, I think overstimulation and I think separation. And I never thought that that would be an issue with him because you know, we, we've never really utilized, um, sitters or anything outside of family, but anytime we dropped him off at the family or whatever, he, you know, hardly, hardly paid any attention as we walked out the door, you know, he might give me a quick bye, but that's it. Um, and he, he really never showed any signs of like separation anxiety or, or anything like that. But, um, man, he, he sure got anxious real quick, uh, when we started preschool. And I, I think it was just like, he was super overstimulated, you know, kids all over the place and lots of noise um, and nowhere really to hide from that and get away from that. Um, and we just kind of learned, you know, as he had, as he, you know, kind of progressed through, through preschool, he would do different things that I know now he was trying to find some comfort. He was trying to find like deep pressure and things like that. Um, he was always like bouncing off the walls and, you know, bouncing off the furniture and never seemed to get hurt. Um, you know, he'd had bruises, but he never cried or seemed upset. Um, but there were times that he would like take, 
these like rugs that, you know, the kids were supposed to sit on and he would like cover himself up with them, which is disgusting <laughs> when I think about it. But <laughs> I, I think he was seeking out like shelter or, or that deep pressure. Um, and I know that that's something, you know, that helps him now. Like he's got a weighted blanket now mm-hmm. and, and he'll, he'll like hide him, his whole body under that thing. He really, he really likes it. He uses that to settle down and go to sleep. We have several of those in our house and we all yeah. love them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're great. They're great. I mean, <laughs> so, but, um, sorry, I can't tell a short story. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh, that's, <laughs> your story should be told in full, in full force. So, um, so is he, he's still in, um, public school now though, right? I mean, right, right, right. gradually now, get, uh, that, get better. Uh, right. At that point he was, um, in a little Catholic school. He, uh-huh. um, we had gone it, like in November of that year to um, our pediatrician, but it was for my daughter. It was like her uh, checkup, like her, uh, I guess she would have been like six at that time. And, you know, we really dominated the conversation with Quinn. It's like, look, he's doing X, Y, and Z, you know, the toe whacking and covering the ears and being super upset. And like, he's just wild all the time and, and all of this. And we can't figure out what it is. And, um, he makes eye contact, but doesn't make eye contact and just kind of darts from thing to thing. Um, so we did one of those first steps evaluations. Um, and he was, he was already, you know, too old for that. He was going on four at the time. Um, so he didn't really flag anything. And I don't know, looking back, I don't know if it was because the way we were answering questions was more the way we wanted to see things or if we really weren't seeing all the signs at that point. I, I tend to think that, that my husband and I just didn't really want to see some of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like two months later at Quinn's appointment, his four-year-old appointment, there was like zero question, zero doubt. Like, you know, we know he's on the spectrum. Um, so we uh, got, a, got a consult to um, a psychologist, went to see him, filled out all the papers and everything. We were planning to be there for like a three hour evaluation. And he told us we could leave after about 15 minutes. <laughs> That's um, how hard it was. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you might want to bring snacks. You're going to be here a while. It's like, okay. And 15 minutes later, he was like, well, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I got what I need. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. We're done here. Um, but a piece of information he gave us then, you know, cause we were so worried. And, um, like I said, you know, from before we even had kids, we were doing, and I'm doing air quotes, anything we could, mm-hmm. uh, to try to prevent. Um, it, it still makes me feel so guilty to say things like that. Um, it shouldn't, it shouldn't. It's, it's how I think everybody feels that way. Yeah. I don't probably know one yeah. pregnant person or I know, people who are claiming it plainly well, who, you know, <laughs> would want this life. It's hard. It's, it's definitely not for me. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, no. Nope. And like I said, I work in OB and every day I hear people say, well, as long as he's healthy, as long yep. as he's healthy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there are many forms of healthy. Yep. Yep. Good luck there. <laughs> but no, no, I don't want to sound super cynical. Um, uh, so anyway, he, you know, we got our evaluation and this doctor, he was like, you know, you can be concerned, but you can't worry. You, you know, don't worry, be concerned. Don't worry. So Chris and I have turned that kind of into our mantra. Cause sometimes we really, you know, you start circling the drain, get all, 
um, upset about things or worry about the future. And it's like, we have to stop worrying. We have to just, um, you know, be concerned. And of course we want to move forward in every way possible, but we can't worry. We, you know, we got to let go of some of that. There are some things that are so out of our control. Um, and you just make yourself sick doing it sometimes. So yep, for sure. Yeah. So he, um, I know he's not at the ABA center, um, every day cause he's, right. um, he's right. in a fully immersed classroom, yes. right? And yes, he is. He is that, um, he, he, about that same, a little bit later, um, he was, uh, in four-year-old preschool. So that next school year, um, and we decided that he needed an evaluation through the school, um, because he was just no longer safe. Um, pretty much, and he wasn't getting anything out of it and he was distracting, uh, for the other kids, you know, they weren't able to learn because he was, you know, bouncing off the walls or running out of the classroom. And, um, anyway, so went into the public school system at that point and got a ton of support. And we have, we've had, you know, from our little Catholic school all the way through, we've had some amazing teachers come into our lives that have just, um, really helped us so much kind of be positive, um, and, and see Quinn in a different light and see all of his strengths and, um, all the positive things. And I, I, I just can't say enough good things about our teachers. Um, so good. Didn't I, you say he has a lot of friends too? I mean, he really likes he does now. He, he does like going to school. There are friends that he, um, talks about daily. Um, now, I mean, you know, we all know our kids. I could ask him what he did at school today, and he's going to give me a pre-programmed answer every single time. He's uh-huh. going to tell me about the same kids every single time. Um, sometimes I know he didn't see those kids today, um, <laughs> but he's still going to tell me about them. Um, but I think, you know, at least my perception of what he's telling me is he's happy at school. Um, what I hear from all of his teachers is he is very well liked. Um, he's in a very, he's in a fairly small school where, um, the culture is acceptance. Uh, the principal has been amazing at just instituting that across the board. Um, she, she is touched by autism as well. So not herself, but, um, she has some nephews and it's just, it's really been um, an amazing experience at this school because, you know, all the kids, they know Quinn. Um, they, I think they politely turn a blind eye to some of the things that he does that, that would be offensive or annoying or um, just plain weird. Um, so I, I really do appreciate that because it's, you know, he's, he's in a very warm and loving environment. So. That's so good. Will he stay with that school system and, and these kids will follow with him through middle school and they, hopefully high school? Hopefully, hopefully a lot of them will. Um, you know, there are multiple options for middle school and high and just one high school um, in this area, but mm-hmm. or, or uh, in our town. But so we'll kind of see where that leads him. Um, you know, when he gets into middle school, that's going to be a melting pot in so many different ways. So I we have a lot of anxiety about that, but we've, we've got a few years ahead of us. So. Yeah. He's only eight. I guess we have time. Right. <laughs> he'll, he'll be in a couple of weeks. So we're, we've got a little time there. So yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, you know, you, you've mentioned your daughter and um, uh-huh. some of the challenges um, with Quinn, as far as, you know, overstimulation and sounds and lights and uh-huh. things like that. 
you know, how does, how does she, how does her relationship, how is that impacted with, with Quinn and some of the needs that he has, um, you know, just going anywhere and it mm -hmm. might start out as a great, exciting family outing and then he's overstimulated <laughs> and then the whole family has to pack up and leave or yeah. whatever. Yeah. How does she do with everything? She, um, for the most part, takes it in stride and, and does very, very well with him. Um, there are definitely times she is over it and over him and um, she gets annoyed with us, you know, like my husband and I just kind of circling around Quinn to, to try to control whatever's going on and make it all better. Um, I feel like sometimes we are not as patient with her as we should be because she is getting slighted a little bit. Um, and like I said, I kind of grew up like that. So I, I do understand where she's coming from and I do feel it. But at the same time, you know, this is her life, just like it was my life. Um, we're a family, we're a team, you know, you gotta kind of suck it up <laughs> yeah, uh, and move on. And, um, and she gets a lot of opportunities where, you know, we get to do things with just her. Um, we have a ton of family support. So we get to do, we get to take her on outings. We get to go to, you know, see a play that we could never take Quinn to. Um, but we do try to tailor like some family events, like going to a movie, um, things like that, where we can take both of them. And usually we'll try to sit Quinn in between Chris and I, and then, you know, sit our daughter on the other side. So he's kind of pinned in a little bit. Uh -huh. um, we try that anyway. But sometimes she, you know, the last time we went to a movie, she was really dead set on, she wanted to sit by him. I'm like, okay, like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be over here eating my popcorn. So. Yeah, if you need me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they, um, I mean, being that they're only two years apart, I'm sure they yeah. also have really good times. They play together. Yeah, yeah. You have know, fun. They, they have some good times. Um, you know, they, they're sister and brother and yep. they annoy, they annoy each, each other. other. And, <laughs> you know, he's younger and he's, he's a little stinker and likes to run in her room and grab something and run out. <laughs> that's like, typical well, brother that stuff. That is typical, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, it kind of just makes me laugh and, and man, she loses her mind sometimes. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. But <laughs> it's only going to get more interesting when they're both yeah. teenagers. Yeah. I can promise you that from my oh, own experience. I'm <laughs> I'm certain, but uh, she she definitely turns into a little mama bear though when when it comes to other kids, people that are outside the family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if she has friends over, like she's really good about telling me if someone's maybe not being nice, which we haven't had much of. We really right. have, you know, people that are invited to our home normally where we feel pretty good about. Um, so, but she's very quick to let me know if someone's you know, mistreating Quinn or, um, you know, not being nice or something like that. She's, she tries to step in. She tries to educate people about autism, you know, in her way. Um, so. Does she, does know. she um, usually like any friends that are newer to, to the family mm -hmm. um, that she meets, does she kind of give like a little, you know, brief overview of her brother and that he has autism. I mean, Kendall oh, used to do that and she's yeah. the younger sibling and she always used to right, say to people right. when, before they'd come over, she'd say, you know, my brother might pull your hair. He has the autism. The <laughs> when autism she was little right, and right. I'm like, oh uh -huh. my God, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> well, you know, I, I kind of get where Natalie's coming from where she, when she's wanting to like, just, you know, 
prep people ahead of time. And I do the same thing. Honestly, I'm like prepping the parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like this, you know, this is my kiddo. And, and people, you know, don't always understand autism because it's not the same for everybody. You know, your experience is different from my experience. Uh-huh. It's different than, from someone else's, you know, the, the old saying, if you know one kid with autism, you know, one kid with autism. Right. Um, and that's so true. Um, I've had people try to like, smooth it over and say, Oh, well, we're all on the spectrum. It's like, Oh, I, really? I, I've never had anyone say yeah, that. Yeah. That would make well, me I'm very offended. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 And I know that they're well-meaning and I get what they're coming from, but it's like, yeah. no, no, just no. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't help me. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I can't water that down and make that like, well, I don't behave the way my son behaves. And so, yeah. anyway, yeah. Well, I have trouble with, um, and, and I'm a very spiritual religious person and all of mm-hmm. that as well, but I still struggle when people say, well, God only gives you what he, what you can handle. Yeah. I'm like, but I didn't, I, I can't handle this yeah. some days. I, I don't want this. What did I do? Yeah. You know, Yeah. yeah. but I, I, I get where they're coming from as well. Yes. And I know, yes. I know they mean well, and they're just trying to make me feel better, right. but right. You know, right. I don't, I don't come down on them for saying that. I just internally, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> cringe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have mentioned, you know, in the beginning a little bit, um, about your younger sibling, um, mm-hmm. with special needs. And I wanted yeah. to touch on that a little bit more from the, um, you know, the perspective that you had as a child growing up with a child, um, in your family with, with special needs and needed mm-hmm. obviously extra attention. And, and sure. also from an adult perspective now having, children of your own and you, you know, you referenced your parents and all that they've gone through. Mm-hmm. What, did, how did they feel, um, with, with Quinn and some of the issues that you're going through? Do they empathize with you in a way? Do they, I mean, do you feel like you have kind of been well-trained for this with your upbringing? Oh Just yeah. Just kind of all the oh, feelings. Yeah. Um, it's, Ooh, it's a lot. That's a, that's a, that's a big subject. <laughs> um, I, okay. So my sister's special needs are, are different from Quinn's. Uh Um, she definitely has some intellectual delays. Um, she has some autistic tendencies, which I kind of got or understood, you know, well before, um, you know, autism was really in the forefront of my brain. Uh Um, but, but her needs were different and continue to be like, she will always, um, you know, live with someone at, at some point she'll, she'll be with me. Um, and that's so already that's, decided because oh, yes. already, that's yeah. already decided. That's a 100%. Um, my parents, you know, their biggest fear is that, you know, nobody would have her or, you know, she, she wouldn't have a place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you hear so many stories about, about, kids and I say kids, my sister's not a kid. She's, you know, 36 years old. Um, but in my mind, she's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear stories about people that, that live in, in group homes facilities and, like and, that, yeah. and facilities and, you know, there's different levels of abuse. Um, and sometimes it's not intentional, you know, they might have, you know, a roommate who, um, has different needs than them and, uh-huh. and different, intellectual abilities and it, they don't realize that they're, you know, harming someone or, or 
you know, whatever. That's it. Yeah. That, all that topic. stuff is scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. So yeah, it, it's always been, you know, that, and that's been since I was really a teenager that I was like, well, yeah, Abby will just be with me. Um, you know, are so you the was, only sibling? Is um, it just the I, two of you? I'm the eldest. Oh, okay. And we have a little brother as well. So oh, okay. I look back at my mom and dad and He's, man, oh my gosh, I don't even know how they did it. They, they had to be so exhausted mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> my dad worked so, so hard to support us. And, um, he was a shift worker and, you know, would pick up overtime and things like that. That's how, you know, we did everything. And, um, and mom was mostly home. She had been an educator, Um, and then she eventually started running like a daycare out of our home once my sister was old enough and, and really things had leveled out more. Um, so, but like her needs are very different. Like I said, um, they, they definitely empathize with me. Um, but I, but I think at the same time they see me, um, it's, it's a different life. They didn't have the support that I have. Um, their parents were older and, and not super healthy. They weren't able to, to help with childcare, anything like my parents helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my mother-in-law helps me. Um, I don't know. I, and I always feel guilty about that. I kind of look back and I think that's why my mom is so awesome about like, yeah, I'll take the kids or I'll keep them, you know, you and Chris go, you know, to a game or whatever. Um, you know, go have a weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel super guilty sometimes. I can like, understand feel that. Like, feel like I'm taking advantage of her because I know she never got that. You know, she might've had a couple date nights here and there, but it, they were few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do can't they have, imagine. Do they have any help now? I mean, now that everybody's older and grown up, can you guys, I assume your sister still lives with them. She does. She does. And she still lives with them. Um, do you have nursing staff or respite or no, anyone that help help your parents out? No, my mom and dad would never, ever want that. Really? Um, never, That's never. that generation. They're yes. <laughs> yes. Um, tough as nails. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. And, and really, I mean, my sister, she, um, she's so much more mellow now than she was when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's on uh, seizure medication that actually controlled a ton of her behavior because she was having uh, issues related to seizure disorders that uh-huh. went undiagnosed for so, so long. Um, once they controlled that, cause they had tried her on like, you know, all kinds of medicine for ADHD or hyperactivity back in the day. And, you know, if you give a kid medication that they don't need, uh, particularly uh, stimulants, yeah. And you, they're off the walls. And that's, that's how my sister was. Um, she was hyperactive and then they'd give her medicine and that made her even more hyperactive and destructive. And really what she needed was something for seizures. Um, is she verbal? She is. She's very verbal. She, okay. um, she probably functions about at like a, a five-year-old level, um, maybe a little bit less, you know, regarding academic and, and things like that, like as far as your reading and, and her, um, I just wondered if she could, she could express, you know, like that uh-huh. she didn't feel well, like if it oh, was definitely. hurting her head or medications, <laughs> oh, yes, that's yes, the yes, challenge yes. we have with Skylar. It's just, you know, yeah. being nonverbal. I don't know if some of the 
um, medications he's on, if, you know, they're supposed to control behaviors and anxiety and some of those things and his just constant movement, but he's still moving really fast and always into stuff. And I'm like, I don't think these are working. The only way we know is if we stop them and then he's really crazy. And then we have to, oh, I guess that was helping. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's kind of a game. (laughs) And and we've, oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, well, just kind of like going back to the medicine thing, we, um, Quinn has been on like tons of supplements and things like that. I know you've touched on that in, in, um, uh, different interviews you've had. Um, you know, so we've definitely run that gamut as far as like different nutritional supplements and diets and things like that. We, you know, we've found things that we feel like work for us and we kind of stick with those. But, you know, at one point we were on, I think I counted 23 supplements. Um, that was a, a challenge. <laughs> trying uh, to get I mean, all that in. <laughs> just lighting that stuff up in the morning or the evening. Uh-huh. And when they have to take it. I mean, it Josh would take us 30 minutes to just like prepare yes. it. <laughs> yeah. And Josh and I, I mean, luckily Quinn, it sounds like can, can swallow pills and thank God. So can oh, Skylar well, he can't, he, he oh, hasn't he can't? yet, but we, we should probably work on that. Cause I think he, he could learn. He could definitely learn that. We but. just bury it in applesauce and yes. he honestly doesn't even hesitate. He just swallows yeah. them and it's not a big deal, but yeah. depends on just, the day with I, Quinn. <laughs> yeah. So. I just hate having him on that kind of all that stuff. I just hate putting it in him. You know, I don't know if it's helping. I yeah. don't know what the side yeah. effects are going to be long-term. I mean, yeah. I'm in the medical field too. And mm-hmm. I know as a nurse, you're like, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just such a hard, it's a conundrum because yes. I know that medicines do help some of them, yes. but other ones I'm like, I don't really know what this is doing. Tell me again yes. why he's on this one. Yes. So, I, yeah. Yeah. I find myself a lot of times, um, you know, consulting with our, with our map stock and then, you know, doing my own research, just like trying to remember exactly. It's like, well, now what is this one for? And what is this one for? And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> but just like the basics of like good nutrition and good vitamins, it's like, well, we should be, we should all be doing this anyway. And, um, you know, and sometimes we're really on it and like all four of us are like, yes, we're eating well, we're taking our vitamins, we're exercising, we're doing all the things and we're feeling good. But then, you know, like the holidays hit and yep. <laughs> two weeks of eating like crap. So Yep. That's why January one's a big day for a lot yes, of people. <laughs> yes. Back to the keto Reset. or the whole 30 or the whatever right, it is. Right. Reset it all. Um, now is your dad, um, the, the one who picks Quinn up sometimes from yes, ABA? Yes. Uh-huh. He is. Okay. So I know who he is. Um, yes. I just, I, I told you, I think when we talked um, last that I just get such a kick out of um, when Quinn comes through that door after mm-hmm. his session or whatever, and <laughs> your dad is waiting for him. The, his eyes light up because he's so excited that his grandpa's oh, yeah. there to get him. Oh. And the first thing he says is, can we go to the train store? Yep. Every yep. single time. <laughs> so believe it or not, they don't go every day. They don't go every time, but yes. you know, he, he, uh, you know, if he says it, maybe it'll happen. Maybe grandpa will give him a yes. So he loves trains, but I know yes. that. Um, yes. and how did that start? I mean, Oh gosh, was- I blame that on my dad. Honestly, <laughs> 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 he started that. Honestly, I bet Quinn has been carrying trains around with him since he was probably about 18 months old. Um, and, you know, it started off just like a toy and, um, my grandpa, my dad's dad really liked trains and had a, had a big setup 
in the basement when I was a kid. And I think it was just something my dad was always kind of fascinated by. And uh-huh. so, you know, he gave Quinn a train and that turned into lots and lots and lots and lots of trains <laughs> and going to the train store. And anyway, so. <laughs> well, it's neat that they have that thing. bond between yeah. them. That's like their thing. Oh, yes. You and, know, and my dad is his person. That is, that is Quinn's you know, favorite person. Like even we were just there last night and um, when we were leaving to go home, Quinn like gets all teared up and he was like, well, I guess you'll see me next time. I guess I gotta go. (laughs) It's just like pitiful and so dramatic, but it's so, it's so like, like that's him. He's being very honest. He's like, yeah, sad to leave. And he'll, you know, if he gets upset about something random, like he, he could have, you know, not talked about my parents for a few hours or whatever and something happens he gets upset you know I took his iPad away or something like that and he's like I miss grandpa uh, <laughs> so, like, you should yes, tell him like grandpa's my daddy and he used to do the same thing yeah. to me not yeah. with iPads because we didn't have iPads but. let me just say <laughs> he punished he, me <laughs> right right <laughs> oh my gosh well you know just talking about families and um social gatherings and, and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, obviously at your parents' house, you probably don't have too many yes. concerns about right, behaviors right. and a, things, good but comfort zone for us. Yeah. How did the holidays go? I mean, I think you mentioned to me that you guys volunteer more mm-hmm. often than not to host at your yes. house because <laughs> it's just right. easier. Well, just I because I totally yeah. understand. <laughs> we, um, our house, I mean, while it might not be like the cleanest, that's for sure. Um, it's definitely, it, it's it's a good safe space. I know if he runs around and and knocks something off the table or breaks an ornament or um you know whatever, it's okay. It's not a big deal. It it's fine. Um it's totally fine. He he is comfortable if he needs to go to the bathroom because he's pretty good about leaving the door wide open. Um so he can holler at mom when he's done. <laughs> Come tend to that. Um but it's there's a, there's a, a level of anxiety anytime we go to someone else's house. Um, of course, it depends on the house. Um, going to my mother-in-law's is great. Going to my parents is great. Pretty much anyone else, we are so nervous, um, so anxious that something's going to happen, whether, you know, something gets damaged or like if it's, um, you know, going to a friend's house, you know, with other little kids running around, we're worried that, either Quinn, you know, might offend someone or might harm someone, not, not trying to harm Uh them, but, but accidentally like might be too rough. Um, he loves to play tag and that's kind of how he interacts and like gets kids to play with him. You know, he'll like tag him real quick and he'll be like, tag me, tag me. And then he'll like run from him and he's like looking behind, you know, and smiling the whole time, like chase me, chase me. Um, so trying to get him to understand not to do that in someone's dining room or, you know, in a place yeah. where lots of things could be damaged really quickly. Um, you know, that that's difficult. And, um, you know, we're always so worried that Quinn, that his behavior is going to impact someone else's good time um, or, you know, that, that people are, are going to see us in a different light. Like, you know, they might know us as, Natalie's mom and dad. Well, now they know us as Natalie and Quinn's mom and dad. And you know, that little Quinn, he's a wild one. You, you know what I mean? I um, do know what you mean. So it makes me it, sad though, that 
It, I thought I'm know. like, I, again, that's one of the reasons for doing these podcasts is <laughs> I think we all think we are the only ones who feel that way. And we yeah. feel horrible about feeling yeah. that way that other yes. families are going to say, oh God, don't invite the Hellmans because right, right, right. they're, you know, they're Kendall's enough, fine, yeah. but Skylar is too much. Right. I don't want him in my house and right. they don't want to tell us. So they, we get the courtesy invite, I think. And they're like, it's fine. Just bring him. And I'm like, no, right, right. It's, I know it's, you don't really yeah, want us to be there. <laughs> and if we so can get hard. a sitter, we'll come. Yeah. It's so hard. And sometimes, you know, I like to get the sitter. Um, so, because, you know, Chris and I don't have to be on guard all the time. Um, you know, we, we're mostly pretty good. He is my husband's much better than I am. <laughs> I say the same. <laughs> oh man, I'm bad. You know, we, you know, we are very fortunate on, on New Year's Eve. We went to a party where we've been to that house, um, a handful of times and we went to there last year for the same party, you know, so same group of kids running around. Um, and it, it is very hard, even though we have kind of grown up as far as being parents and, you know, our kids being in school, we've kind of grown up with this group of uh, families and they are so amazing and accepting. There's always still that like level of anxiety. Uh-huh. Like, oh, God, what's going to happen? I don't want them to hate me. I really like these people. Yeah. <laughs> don't want them to think that I'm a terrible mom because, you know, I'm on top of them. I don't want them to think I'm a terrible mom because I'm distracted um, and in a conversation or having a drink when I should be chasing him around and making sure, you know, he's following rules or whatever. So, well, I mean, you really can't win because, um, you uh-uh. know, everyone's going to have their own perception. Yes. And as I've yeah. gotten older, so right. <laughs> I feel like I've learned that, you know, it's okay. Their perception yeah. is not my reality. Like they right. can think what they want to think. I would much rather people ask me questions like, mm-hmm. you know, do you need anything or right. just let me explain or let me, you know, just share a little bit. That's why I wrote yeah. the book. I mean, there's just yeah. so many things that people just don't understand and it's not their fault. They don't live no. this daily it's life. A different. Yeah. So different. But yeah. I mean, there's a cross between feeling neglectful, like you should be chasing him around and then being yeah. a helicopter parent and just leave, you need to leave the kid alone a little bit Yeah. and let him, yeah, you know, sure. make some mistakes and stuff. It's hard to know sure. <laughs> which way it to is. go. It really is. Um, you know, I think, we judge ourselves, um, you know, pretty harshly. And I think the perception is that everyone else is judging us, judging us harshly too. And maybe uh-huh. they're really not. Um, you know, the way I used to, to look at people before I had kids is way different than how I look at them now, you know? <laughs> and I think that's the same. That's, that's the standard for anyone, whether you have neurotypical kids or, or special needs kids, you know, we were all fantastic parents when we weren't parents. Um, uh-huh. And now the reality is we're all trying to figure it out and figure out what works best for our family and for our kids, you know, regardless of their abilities and their needs, we're all just like, <laughs> we're all just winging it. <laughs> we are winging it. I and mean, parenting is hard regardless if you yeah, have a special sure. needs child. I, I've said before, um, you know, the one blessing that I feel like I have with Skylar is that I don't have to worry about him stealing yes. my car, uh-huh. getting into drugs, you know, just uh-huh. doing anything really bad that's going to land him in prison. Yes. Um, you know, hopefully Kendall, not either. Right. <laughs> hopefully right. I parented her well, but um, I mean, you know, the problems that I have are different, but we all still have parenting yeah. problems. It's not oh, easy yeah. at all. No, no. And we never stop. We're parenting uh-uh. forever. Oh yeah. Just because they go to college oh, yes. doesn't mean it's done. 
Yeah. I heard someone so. say yesterday, like, I think she has a kid who's a little bit younger than, than Quinn. And she's like, I think she said like 13 more years and we're moving to Florida, 13 more years, like talking about her and, and her fiance. And I'm like, oh, there's no, like, there, there's not going to be a stop date or time for me. <laughs> you know, it will, it will be continuous. Um, you know, Quinn may, you know, I have a, a ton of hope that he's going to continue to progress and learn and grow and, you know, maybe live an independent life. Um, when he's an adult, I don't know, you know, I, we don't, none of us know what, what the future is going to hold, but I like to think that, but you know, I'll have my sister at, at a certain point. So it's never just going to be Chris and I, and you know, that's our reality. And so that's what we just kind of, you know, adjust to. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, in closing, I, I really loved the mantra that you and Chris live by, um, <laughs> you know, being concerned, but mm -hmm. don't, don't spend your time worrying. Right. Is that the best advice you would give to, to parents? I mean, I know, oh, I'm gosh, sure it's, yeah. <laughs> it's even more challenging now being a, an OB nurse and then <laughs> yeah. having a child with special needs and, and just all the things that you've experienced in your lifetime. Um, uh -huh. But um, is there anything else you would share with parents maybe are, who are just getting close to feeling like they need a diagnosis or yeah. they're not starting to notice some regression or some issues with their child's development? Well, there, there's a poem that I stumbled across somewhere and it's super popular, like in our circles, um, the welcome to Holland, the huh, Emily Kingsley. Oh gosh, yeah. you should read it. It's wonderful. I will. Emily Pearl Kingsley. Um, okay. but it talks about how you are planning a trip to Italy and Italy is super fast paced and you know, you've spent time reading books and learning how to speak Italian and you're just like prepared. You are ready. Um, and then all of a sudden the plane lands and you are in Holland and <laughs> it is a much different pace. They speak a totally different language and you know, it, you're just not prepared for this and you're upset because you were planning for Italy and here you are in Holland. Um, but then all of a sudden you start to notice that there are beautiful tulips and windmills and, you know, there are beautiful things where you are. You just have to kind of get there. Accept <laughs> that new environment. Accept that, that new awesome. environment. Um, I love that. It, it, um, like I, I have it like hanging in our, in our kitchen and I have to look at it sometimes. It's like, oh, I am definitely going to print that out and hang it yep. everywhere. <laughs> so if you ever see me with a tattoo of a, of some tulips or a windmill or something like that, you're going to know where that came from. <laughs> that might be my next one. I have lots of tattoos. I know. <laughs> which I know, people are always I've surprised seen. about. <laughs> yep. I definitely need another one. That's a good one. Oh my gosh. That's such a great way to, to conclude. I love that. Um, I thank you oh so much. And I just love getting to see you guys. You know, we haven't seen each other in a little bit of a no, um, time because of all the schedules today. of Christmas and stuff. But, yeah. um, but I really appreciate you um, being on the podcast and, and sharing your story of your thank family you and, and all of that. So um, thanks again. I, I, I just, thank I you for think doing you have this. so much insight and I, I hope a lot of people took something away from this episode. Thank you so much. Um, I, I've gotten so much out of listening to your podcast and just being able to, to find likenesses, um, you know, just that I know that's your goal and you're, you're achieving that. So thank you. Well, thanks. I will see you soon at the ABA Center. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Liz. Take care. Bye. <laughs>
hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.